It's me talking about something. Now, I know, I know, I know. You guys probably missed me last week. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my, my body wasn't working so well, and I decided to take a day off. So, I am back with a passion. Okay, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I am back with a passion. So, let's get some stuff over with. If you're watching me on YouTube right now, um, you're, you're not going to see an image. You're probably just going to see a logo. And I apologize for that. I'm having some issues with uh, getting some stuff recorded, and I apologize. But if you are hanging out, feel free <laughs> to hit the subscribe button, the like button, and uh, all the stuff that is required. Uh, yeah, so like, subscribe, and and share. Yeah, whatever that is. I don't know. <laughs> but if you're also hanging out with me on uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or iHeartRadio or Pandora or any of those things, Thank you for hanging out with me again. Um, it's greatly appreciated that you guys continue to listen to the the content that I have on the books. So it's been a been a great, fantastic uh, week to see. Hey, man, this thing this thing goes even if I don't do it, but I still gotta do it. <laughs> well, I hope you guys have had a great week, uh, better than mine. <laughs> but uh, but I'm here. I am, and. Uh, so I got something to talk about. So, so, so you know, I, I like to look at the Bible stuff, and uh, obviously, or you wouldn't be listening. <laughs> and this is what's on my mind. So I run across this verse, and uh, I think it's interesting because I'm going I'm to give this verse a little bit of a little bit of a background here. So we're we're in Mark chapter eight, and uh, at the beginning of Mark chapter eight, uh, Jesus feeds the the four thousand. Now I know we've we've heard him feed the five thousand several times, a couple loaves and some fishes. But he's got seven loaves and some fish. That's all we know. And uh, so he feeds 4,000 people with this amount of food. So <laughs> and uh, so Jesus does that. The Pharisees come on the scene and start to test him and all kinds of things. And, uh, and then out of the blue, here comes this interesting miracle. So I'm going to start here in Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. Then he came to Bethsaida. Yeah, Bethsaida, Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, here's another one of those unusual miracles. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And the man looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands back on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everything clearly. Now, I think this is this, this interesting thing. And then, and, and then right after this, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, hey, who do you think I am? And Peter eventually says, hey, you're the Christ, and so on and so forth. And I'm I, I just like, here's this weird little miracle thing that happens in the midst of all this stuff. Which which tells me a couple of things, is miracles can happen anytime. Somebody could ask you for a miracle in the middle of walking through town, and, and if you're willing to spit in his eyes, go for it. <laughs> but I saw I see this, and I, and I think to myself, here's this guy, he's blind. They take him totally out of town and go, okay, I'm going to spit in your eye. And then he goes, what do you see? 
This is the first time, and I think the only time we see a miracle like this, where Jesus says, hey, what do you see now? You know, and he's all like, well, I see people walk around like trees. So he sees blurry. That, that, that That's the best way I could put it. Maybe the terminology wasn't quite there yet. But he sees blurry, and then Jesus again puts his hands on him and then raises his head up. I think it's interesting that it specifically says that. And then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And then he was restored and saw everyone clearly. So I think it's interesting. That, okay, so I spit in your eye. It doesn't quite work. So I'm going to hold your head and tell you to look up. So I'm going to give you some focus out of your blurriness. <laughs> look up into the heavens and get some focus in your blurriness. Now, now I heard somebody say once that blurry is a blessing because it makes you seek God for the full picture. Now, I don't know if I said that or if somebody else said that, but I remember hearing it once. And I think this is interesting that this, this two-step process of this guy's healing is no accident. I don't think it's an accident. I don't think Jesus went, oh, crap, it didn't work. <laughs> I better try again. You know, I don't think that's what it was. So I think it could symbolize that salvation does not impart instantaneous wisdom. Now, look at this. I'm going to put it to you this way. Most people get saved. They get born again. They become uh, a person of Christ, a follower of Jesus, and, and then they go about their life as usual, right? It, nothing really changes. There's, there's not an instant wisdom here, you know? It's like, oh, I have Jesus in me now. Now what do I do? Well, now I have to study, show myself approved, and, and do all that kind of stuff. But if there's nobody to help them lift their head up to get their focus on Jesus, they're going to go about life. They might have a ticket to heaven, but they're going to go about life. And these are the Christians that are usually like, well, I don't know what to do. They don't make it to a church or they're not guided into a church or something like that. Sometimes you have to have somebody go, okay, well, you got the healing. Now let's focus upward upward to Jesus and see what happens next. Does that make sense? To me, it does. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and it just so happens that during this, this portion of the Bible, the disciples are, the disciples are actually still learning who Jesus is and, and just a few verses away from Peter declaring that Jesus is the Christ. And he's like, you know, who am I? Who do you think I am? He talks to the disciples and he tells them all these things and Jesus goes and Peter goes, well, you're the Christ. But these still have the mentality at this point that they're here to get rid of the Romans for the Jews, right? To save the Jews from the Romans. That's what, that, that, that's what they still think he's there for. They don't really catch on that he is the Messiah here to save the world. So, so the whole thing, this, this miracle landing right in the middle of this spot. And here's another interesting thing about this verse. This is the only time you see it. You don't see it in Matthew. Luke or John. You don't see that there's no cross-reference for this in any of the other Gospels. Hmm. So here's this one moment in time that Mark captures. Come on, right? So Mark captures this one moment in time, and you have to kind of stop and go, well, wow, what an interesting thing for, <laughs> for to happen in the midst of all this other stuff that's going on. And, and, and then you have to understand that you know, hey, so I saw I saw some blurry trees. I saw some blurry tree people things walking around. Well, we are all consistently growing. We're growing spiritually, and we're growing in the maturity and knowledge of Christ. I don't care where you are in your Christian walk. I don't care if you're an apostle and you have 50 churches. 
you have to still be growing spiritually. So sometimes you may see things blurry. Sometimes you may be a little out of focus. That just happens in life. And sometimes you have to rely on Jesus to what? Lift up your head. Now watch this. This is verse 25. He put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. That's the big key here. Is he saw the blurriness. His eyes were blurry. He had blurry eyes. And then Jesus made him look up. And I, and I think there's a significance in that little verse right there saying, hey, look up. Look up into, into the heavens. Look up to where God is. Look up to where Christ is. Look up to the one that you're following and see things come into focus. You know, sometimes when pe- people receive Jesus, they don't instantly become wise and all-knowing. We might see Jesus walking around as a tree. So we might actually be seeing Jesus walking around as a tree. But as we study and as he works in us, we learn more and more. And that's the lifting up of the head. That, that's where Jesus is saying, look up into the heavens. And then we become less blurry. The lines become less blurry. You know, because because Christianity, there's a fine line. You know, man, there's a lot of churches that are going kind of sideways and, you know, getting into some stuff that they really shouldn't be getting into. And it's all biblical. You know, we're going to have, you know, preachers that have the certain sounds that we're going to go after and things like that. So just be focused on Christ. Know that coming into these end times as we're as we roll through these end times and we see what comes next through all this stuff that's been going down in in the world around us, you know, that we keep our focus, that we keep that that, that we don't let the lines get blurred just so that we can have our freedoms. And the key is to not stay blurry-eyed. You know, when you get saved, start growing. When you when you when you get into church, start serving. When you when you start to do things, start doing start doing stuff. Start doing stuff for God. Start reading the Bible. Start start understanding who He is, and you're going to see a great growth in your life. You're going to see greatness come out of your life. You're going to see cool things happen because you let your eyes become focused on Him. You let Him put His hands on your eyes again and look up and see and become restored and see everything clearly. Right on, right on.